We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim a sin, really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, nah, I can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, time to show what time it is. Hey. Hello and Welcome to Be Scientist, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition Institute, or B-Side. I am Jordan Chapman, and I will be joined by co-host and chemist herself, Jana Carpenter, later in the show. This episode was recorded on November 7th, 2020, about an hour or so after the announcement that there was a projected winner of the 2020 presidential election. We, at B-Side, want to give our appreciation to all of our listeners who voted during this historic election. We hope if you didn't vote this time, you use your right to vote in the next election. To our listeners of Georgia, please don't forget about the upcoming runoff for the Senate happening on January 5th. As I'm sure many already know, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is the first woman and person of color, being of Jamaican and Indian descent, to hold this office. It is a truly historic moment for the United States, so we extend our congratulations to her and the Biden campaign. But... As I said, about an hour after the results were announced, Jenna and I interviewed fellow scientist Dominique Stevens, a biochemist and postdoc researcher at the University of Texas, Austin. Dominique is also a competitive powerlifter and the founder of Scientists Who Lift, an online community started to promote scientists who are into lifting and fitness in general on social media platforms. We asked Dominique about his journey into science and STEM, why he starts Scientists Who Lift, and how he balances these different aspects of his life. And as we can attest to here at B-Side, it is not super easy, but we wanted to get Dominique's take and how he successfully does it in his own life. It was great having him on the show. His story is super inspirational. We're glad he started. He shared his story with us. Dominique, thanks a million times for joining us. Jenna is great as always. Me, not so much. As once again, my voice becomes super robotic during the interview. Our working hypothesis is that a popular video conference service may not be particularly fond of my voice. And personally, I don't blame it. In any case, please listen and then run it over to the comments or email us and yell until we figure it out. We want to bring you the best content, including audio. So we are open to suggestions. And without further ado, please welcome Dominique Stevens. All right. So, hey, Dominique, how are you? Good, man. I'm good. Just uh, <laughs> taking it day by day. Right, right. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a scientist? Oh, man, that, that that's a story. Uh, let's see. So, I am a postdoc at uh, the University of Texas, Austin. Um, currently doing research in um, cancer biology, virology, um, immunology, kind of a mashup of that. Um, I'm really looking at uh, the, the shift in uh, phosphatase uh, localization uh, under different stressors. So under like a viral infection, a uh, bacterial infection, things like that. Uh, and I'm doing, I'm doing it uh, through immuno, uh, immunoblots, but also uh, microscopy, which was a big part of my uh, PhD work. So um, did a lot of microscopy there. Um, so the, shoot, I don't even know where to start with the journey uh, to become a scientist. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's novel worthy, how about that? Uh, but I'll, I'll give you some footnotes. Uh, so let's see. Really started uh, undergrad when I started my undergraduate research. Uh, I had an amazing uh, mentor, amazing advisor uh, back at Butler University uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, which Indiana is where I'm from. Don't really claim it right now. It's kind of a <laughs> sundown state, but you know we, we <laughs> won't go into that. But uh, but I had an amazing experience research-wise there. Um, I had an advisor who really said to me hey, look, anything that you don't know, I'll teach you. Anything that uh, we both know or we both don't know, uh, we'll, 
we'll learn together. So it, it was an amazing first experience. Uh, and then that kind of got the bar rolling to my trajectory of wanting to be become a, a research scientist, really. So uh, starting with that research, making pro drugs for tuberculosis, uh, then going down to uh, Atlanta, uh, Georgia State University, which uh, uh, if you ever watched any of my YouTube videos, uh, you know, it was a pretty, it, it, it was a lot of turmoil down there. I was a PhD student, um, got called a racial slur, and then got blackballed from the, uh, from the department. Uh, and in the month of May, I officially got blackballed. And then I had to figure out where to go from there. And uh, my journey led me to Howard University in, uh, in DC. So um, finished up there. It, it, was, it was a good time, it was a bad time. It was a little bit of both. It was, it was interesting to get a perspective of uh, what science is like at a HBCU compared to a PWI and then compared to a, a well, a private PWI and a public one. And then um, I actually got to do a lot of my work at the NIH. So that was, that was really nice. Um, and so I got, I got a lot of different experience, a lot of different um, perspectives of how science works. So that's kind of, and then from then on, I kind of pushed myself because, you know, you, I spent four years there. Um, I don't think my advisor was a, technically ready for me to leave but uh you know my project was done and so I uh kind of forced my hand and or forced everyone else's hand um and made sure I had postdocs you know lined up so I could you know leave so yeah that's really my trajectory in a nutshell so what year did you graduate from undergrad um and when did you get your phd so uh undergrad 2014 yeah 2014 undergrad and then yeah i got my phd this past summer oh no congrats man <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it yeah 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 also you're like fresh to Texas then. oh yeah man i got here in uh, august Okay, because I, when I was on your um, on scientists who lift, I saw that you, I thought you were still at Howard actually. No, no, no. I, so in August, make the move. How's, yeah. how's Texas been? I mean, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hot. Yo, yo, I'm, I'm from Northern Indiana, man. It's, right. It's, it's it's hot, like it, and you know what's funny? Um, like moving from Indiana to Georgia, uh. And like I got out of my car and I was just drenching sweat. It was it was hot. It was, it was humid. It was it was this choking heat. And I was I was like, yo, what is this? I lost so much weight when I lived down there. So much weight. Uh, but this is more of a dry heat and it's beaming. It's beaming on your head, man. I remember first time walking around uh, the campus trying to get my ID and stuff. Man, I had a headache. So yo, this heat is different. Like you got to have a jug of water with you at all times, type of heat. But yeah, I mean, but I, I like it, man. I, uh, the Austin area is different from uh, what people tell me. The Austin area is different from the rest of Texas in general. Mm. Um, you know, they they have a slogan: "Keep Austin weird," which um, <laughs> Austin's pretty weird. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big I'm big on food. I love food, and the the food here is great. So I I can't complain mm. too. No, um, as you can see, I got my Sixers sticker here because I'm from Philly. So, like, I moved my, my down here. Oh, dope. What part? Do you know yeah. what part? No, I have no clue. He okay, just cool. says no I'm a Philly kid. So, I was just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I moved down here to UGA, I guess, I mean, like two years ago now, I guess. And I mean, I know, Jenna, you've been here a lot, I guess. But yeah, moving from Philly to South is like, yeah, that's a. It's a human heat, so I can imagine. Um, Texas, yeah, I've been to Texas once, and it was it was pretty. I was I was at in Houston, so I can imagine like you're there every day. I'm sure, it's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dope. So I mean, you have a really interesting story um, because not only are you a scientist, you also are a competitive lifter. So um, one, like, how'd you get into competitive lifting? Uh, can you just explain that for us? Yeah, so um, I guess I've always been lifting 
just for sports stuff. So like, um, you know, was an athlete in high school, uh, played a semester uh, football in college, but they wanted me to go down to 12 credit hours and I got in trouble for having lab, which was stupid, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I had to come in at five o'clock in the morning because I missed a part of uh, a meeting for, for football. So I'm like, I, I can't do this. Uh, so I switched over to the, the track team and did that um, and was a D1 athlete for the track team for two, for two years. Uh, I was a thrower. I could run, but the, the sprint coach didn't like me, so whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, and, and so once I moved down to Georgia, actually, I was still looking to be competitive, uh, do something. Um, I actually got into um, playing rugby. So uh, I played rugby for the uh, for the club, uh, for the club for the uh, Georgia State School, uh, and then um, I was lifting one day in the gym, and this guy comes up to me. He was like, "Hey, man, you should. You're really strong. You should, uh, you know, uh, be a part of the, our powerlifting club." It's like powerlifting club. I was like, "I don't even know what. I don't even know what this is." I was just like, "Man, you you can compete and you know do all this other stuff." And I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll try it out." So I was just doing it for a sense of community. Um, lift with other people, like-minded people, and then um, it kind of snowballed into them. Like, hey, man, you should you should compete. You you be good. And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot strong people who are a lot more stronger than I am out here. And uh, I mean, come to find out, I, I go in and I win my first competition, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little good at this. So uh, <laughs> just kind of, sort of. So you know, uh, I really got into got into it down in uh, Georgia. Um, and then when I moved to uh, the DMV, I um, uh, got uh, linked up with a friend of mine who really put me on the national stage and because he was uh, a part of the USA team. And he was like, yo, you should go to nationals. There, there's no point of you doing local meets anymore. Go to nationals, do international meets, go to the Arnold, do all that. So um, it kind of snowballed from there. Cool. And what's really interesting about that is that you've been in my um, passion for science and lifting and started scientists who lift. So what what kind of sparked that? So you were you were already a scientist, you were going grad you were in grad school, you were lifting and like what kind of sparked that? Like, oh, I wanna like, combine these two things and really get scientists who lift off the ground. So oh man, I was uh it, it actually I have my best ideas while I'm lifting in the gym, really. Uh so, nice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there. I think it was a bench day. I, I, yeah, I think it was an upper body day. I was sitting on the bench, and um, I was like, man, I wonder if there's any other people like me. Because uh, so um, I guess going back a little bit. So, you know, as, as a black scientist, you get discriminated for a lot of different things um the color of your skin whatever the way you talk whatever all that um so uh it's funny to go to howard and then be discriminated for a whole different kind of uh kind of thing because of because of your size because you you eat healthy and you know you're, you're not this frail human being and for some reason they think you're supposed to be you know subservient passive all this other stuff and i'm just like ah brother i'm not any of that so um, you know, they, they used to make fun of me whenever I left the, uh, left the department, they was like, oh, what, you going to the gym? And I'm just like, possibly, man, I might just be going home. Like what? And so, uh, in like that day, I was like, man, I wonder if there's any other scientists out here who lift like me, who's like, you know, into, into fitness. Like, man, I'm pretty sure there's some into fitness, but I wonder if there's like a community out here. Uh, like a social media community where, you know, everyone's linked up, you know, there's one place where people can go. And I started to look it up and there was nothing. It was nothing. So I was like, man, that, that seems like a waste. So, um, you know, if not me, then who, you know, uh, if not now, then when? So it was one of, it was one of those situations where I was just kind of like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, why not make this community 
and make it grow and uh, bring people together who's into not only lifting, but just fitness in general, nutrition in general, and uh, who are all scientists. Scientists, you know, across the board, you know, we've got exercise uh, physiologists, we got doctors, we got engineers, we got uh, uh, all types of scientists. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of, it got, it, from there it just grew because I, I honestly i thought i was like oh, i was gonna be like a couple hundred people and then now i'm like upwards of, of three grand so that it was surprising oh yeah that's that's impressive so uh, what's what would you say is the overall goal of scientists to the left so the the goal really was was to build a community um you know, a, a kind of a safe space where, you know, like-minded people can come together and just talk right. about science, talk about fitness, lifting, and talk about the 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 struggles of trying to do both at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously grad school is, is draining, but, you know, you can, you can definitely lose, you know, you, you can definitely just, you know, start being lazy and you know, not take care of your body, not take care of your mental health, not take care of anything. So like, um, it, it was really a place where to know that you're not alone. Like you're, you're not, you're not the only person, people dealing with this. You, you, there's other people out here like you. Um, and hopefully I can continue to grow that community and, uh, uh, find spaces where everyone can really just get together and just talk. Yes. So, um, sorry. So, uh, using that as an outlet, how were you able to, uh, in a healthy way, manage your time with also doing, you know, community outreach on the side? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, you know, it's crazy. Community outreach isn't uh, isn't as hard as uh, people might think, and it's not as uh, time time consuming. Uh, you know, you might do it like a weekend out of the month or something like that. So, um, especially if you well during normal times, uh, go go to a uh, go to a school, do some scientific demonstrations and all this other stuff. So uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't take much, uh, but you it's all about time management, really. So I know for for me, let's say when I uh, when I was actually in the lab as like doing fifteen hour days what I would do is uh, in the middle of the day, I would stop on my research, go to the gym, do an hour, hour and a half at the gym, come back, do more research. Uh, and what was easy for me to do, uh, which I know isn't easy for everyone else, is that I didn't have any connections anywhere that I lived. So in Georgia, I had no family. In uh, the DMV, I had no family. I had no, I mean, I had some friends, but uh, it, I, I really didn't have any attachment. So I could throw myself into work and I could just morning, um, morning lab, afternoon or at the start of the afternoon, gym, uh, eat lunch, do some more research until the evening and then go home and do it all over again. So that's kind of what my schedule was. I mean, yes, on the weekends, you know, you, you always give yourself time to do things on the weekends, take time, take some time off, have some fun, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's all about that, that time management. You know, you got to make blocks of time for things. So was this gym you were going to while you were at uh, Howard, was it like a local gym or was it like the Howard school gym? No, the Howard School Gym was crap. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, well, they uh, they honestly didn't have a gym like a real one. Like they, well, you know, like a real school school shit. Like they didn't have a gym for their athletes, so they they would shut down the their. And it, it wasn't a gym; it was just just this room, and so they would shut down this room for their football team, baseball team, basketball team to lift. And I'm like. What is this? <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so they didn't really pay us enough to live in D.C. anyway. So um, I lived in Maryland uh, because it was way cheaper. People said, like, "Why do you live so far?" I'm just like, "Why do you live so close?" Um, <laughs> I mean, like, because they they're paying like fifteen hundred, and we we only get paid like 
oh man, we uh, twenty to twenty five grand. Yeah, we, <laughs> we was getting paid nothing. High school salary. Uh, <laughs> we was getting paid nothing, so we had to live off that. Man, I lived in a basement uh, <laughs> the last two years of my PhD. So like, yeah. So I lived in Maryland. So I went to Gold's Gym where it was it was pretty cheap. It was a commercial gym. So um, went to Gold's Gym. It was like. Fifteen dollars a month. So, oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I can. I can deal with that. I can deal. I can do fifteen. <laughs> I can do fifteen. Yeah, and money management is huge when it comes to grad school too. Yeah, but sure. uh, yeah, fifteen. And then so, and if I increased it to like twenty, I could go. There was like uh, front there. So there's corporate and there's franchises, and so you go to franchises. Um, so I was able to go to all the franchises in the area, and there was one franchise. Uh, Gold's gym in the area that was really really nice and so um and they kind of uh they upgraded it and it looked like a powerlifting gym and I was like yo I get to go here for 20 bucks a month yeah, that was <laughs> it, it was nice good stuff so I mean like you said a little while ago I mean we're you know living in the time of COVID so did um scientists who lift kind of engage in some of those in-person events um, before COVID kind of hit? Uh, in-person, like what? So did you guys, like, get together at a gym and kind of, I mean, I know it's um, an online community, but was there any, like, in-person events going on? No, uh, which I, 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 I'm striving to get there. It's, uh, it's a little bit more difficult because, yeah, we're all over, but... Right. What, what is nice, uh, though, is that people have seen each other online and have said, hey, I've seen you on uh, or I've seen you comment or like scientists who lift stuff. And they've seen each other at conferences, um, uh, at powerlifting meets. I know I people come up to me whenever I'm at a powerlifting meet and say, hey, you're that guy. And nice. so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, uh, people are getting together um mm -hmm. without the, the platform or through the platform but uh we haven't had any like official meetups uh but yeah because it's really it's hard especially when um you know you're your online community and i mean i guess you you could i could go somewhere where the community is larger but uh that's a little bit more difficult and that's probably way down the line yeah i mean I, we understand um besides, we are almost two years old now and like yeah Jenna and I are both in Athens but uh, for the most part all of us are pretty spread out too you know we got people in University of South Carolina we still got people back up in Philly um dad's in Atlanta and it's just like yeah I mean I totally get it man so it's understandable especially now I mean like I think you know who knows when <laughs> who knows when that'll happen again at this point um hopefully sometime next year but you gotta just plan for these things yeah. all right so you talked about uh, going to an hbcu after um, attending a pwi for some time and it sounds like that um, transition was a little difficult but and you don't need to get into any systems that you don't want to but could you talk about like maybe some of what that transition might look like so so I guess, um, so I, I will say this, not every HBCU is the same, you know, all of them are, are different. This is just uh, based off of my own experiences, especially at, specifically at Howard. Um, but uh, Howard is definitely not a, uh, built for a science, it's not a science institution by, by, any, by any stretch of the imagination. And so uh, going from a, uh, a, a couple universities that were that had that had checks and balances. They uh, they ran like a well-oiled machine. Um, things were, you know, you you didn't have to you didn't have to apply to get your uh, <laughs> your uh, tuition remission every year. You didn't have to uh, get you you don't, you don't have to uh, put in your information to to get your um, your salary every year. Um, it, Things like it was little stuff like that, and then like on on the science tip, it um, the the facilities weren't up, up to par by any means. Like the the chemistry building was, man. It, I, I understand they're trying to keep the old vibe, like the old you know historical vibe on the outside, but 
you didn't have to keep the old historical vibe on the inside as well. <laughs> so, right. like, uh, you know, we got black mold in places. Oh, there's, no. like, it's not temperature controlled. Mm. Uh, like, especially, like, for me, I'm a biochemist. So, like, you know, you're doing biological work and, you know, things aren't uh, temperature controlled. So, and the same thing can go for uh, uh, chemical experiments as well. So, um, it, it's, it's real frustrating. I, and, I mean, I'm glad to have worked at the NIH and not had to deal with that. But, uh, but yeah, it's extremely frustrating when uh, you come into a building where it's freezing cold outside, but so it is in the building. And, or if it's hot as hell outside, but then you come inside <laughs> and it's still hot. <laughs> and yeah. so you have to somehow do work in the building. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was real frustrating. And, you know, when I got there, I, I had a little bit of hope that I was like, you know what, maybe I'll find a, a, a black mentor, something like that. Um, and it's, it's crazy to see how um, a lot of uh, black uh, um, professors don't really want to be mentors. They, they just want to be, they just want to be professors. They just want to, you know, have someone do their work, but they don't want to mentor anybody, which was, it, it was, it was, it was upsetting for me. I was just like, man, that's, that's messed up. And it's a little disappointing. I can imagine. I mean, because it's already so few of us, you know, you would hope that that connection existed. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, to go back to this, um, like, dichotomy between, like, your career as a scientist, but then, like, as a lifter, um, how do you, do you kind of try to approach lifting like a scientist and how does that interplay? So I kind of do a little bit. Uh, so um, I, I train myself uh, just because I'm not willing to pay a trainer uh, or a coach or anything like that. I keep my Fair money enough. in my pocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> got to. But, um, but you know, it, it's the same thing. You got to do research. You got to uh, understand, well, understand your body, understand uh, once you understand your body, you understand what lifts work for you or what training style works for you. Um, and then different training programs is really doing experiments on yourself. Like you're, you're experimenting. You're, you're like, okay, let me do this for a month. How does, how does my body feel? How does that change my, my body? How, um, how has that, has it made me stronger? Has it made me weaker? Um, is this having a lasting change or is it, not doing anything and I need to scrap the idea. So okay. um, I, I guess, yeah, uh, and it's, it's a bunch of troubleshooting, really. You're troubleshooting <laughs> your body to make it as strong as possible. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I approach lifting uh, like a scientist because, you know, there's, I feel like there's no other way to do it, but maybe, maybe just, just because I'm a scientist thinking all the time. <laughs> well, you understand, bro. Do you also go deep into the like protein, like balancing this or, you know, I hear lots of different theories on how to maximize, minimize certain things. Yeah. How do you approach that as a scientist? So, um, so you, and I, it goes into understanding your body and I'm a little bit of a chemist when it comes to uh, the, the, the protein, because you know, as, a, as a chemist, you know, you, you, you pour a little bit, and it was like, ah, it's close enough. And you pour a little bit of this, ah, it's close enough, swirl around, it's fine. It, it, you know, whatever. Um, not, not as precise as a, uh, as a biologist. But um, so I kind of approach it that way. And then and, and I know my body well enough to know, okay. So and it's kind of the same thing. Experiment with your body. It's like, okay, so I eat this and I eat this much protein. Or uh, I don't even count calories or I don't, I, I don't do any of that. I count my macros or um that that seems like a lot of work that i don't feel like doing uh but you 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 know you know what you're eating and so there, there's heavier proteins there there's lighter protein so and you know if you're eating the heavier proteins or the fat fattier proteins you see your body composition change a little bit and when you're eating leaner uh proteins and then okay how can you increase your proteins without eating the meat um you know do you add snacks in the middle like i remember one time i was trying to gain a little bit of weight uh, so I was uh, in between lunch and dinner. I'll have like a, a bagel and cream cheese with some with some fruit, and you know that helped me gain a little bit more weight. 
And then if I ever need to lose weight, I'll just stop that. And then boom, my, my weight will come down. So uh, it, it's trying things out, figuring out what works for you and understanding is really an understanding of your body. So, so between undergrad and grad school, I started boxing. I boxed for like two years and now I'm kind of doing MMA. And, um, but boxing is kind of like, you know, I love, I like boxing more than MMA because MMA is cool, but like, I like the, you know, I hate to say, but it's like, the, it's kind of cheesy, but the sweet science of boxing, you know, it's like, like MMA, you, you get to grapple and stuff, but I like the mindset of boxing. I'm just here in this ring today. Like, and I know when I approach it, sometimes I'm like, all right, like, how many jabs can equal, like, like a quote-unquote experience point, for example? Because, like, I know it's probably a better boxer than me. I, I haven't been in the ring for a lot of years now, but I'm like, I know if, if, you know, if I was going to get in the ring like, tomorrow for the night, but ever since, like, a better boxer, like, I have to think about it in terms of almost like a metric conversion. It's like how many punches could equal this thing or like this amount of experience, basically. So that's one way I try to approach it. And then that even like has even like recently started to contribute to how I approach grad school. And that like the way I'm thinking about it now is like, okay, so how many words, you know, I'm trying to find the most basic unit of grad school in the world. So how many words do I need to study? to get better as a scientist almost if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense. i mean that's just the way i think about it in my head sometimes so i can imagine like you you know lifting and stuff because you're just saying that you when you're listening like that's kind of your best thinking so yeah, I, I get that yeah that makes a lot of sense um so uh, what are, where are your career plans after you're done your postdoc oh man so the plan is if uh, everything goes well with the postdoc just uh, to get, uh, to run my own lab, really. Uh, so I'm hoping to uh, get my own, you know, go to a university, I guess. Run, I, at first, I didn't want to be in academia at all. So, but uh, run my own lab, uh, do my own research. That would be uh, the ultimate goal. And, you know, probably help uh, and really to mentor other, you know, black and brown kids because i feel like there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, mentorship out there there's not a lot of people like i, I want to be the mentor that nobody was willing to be to be you know uh especially like just representation wise because it's 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 huge it's huge like a lot of too many black scientists are you know going off into the shadows and we don't we don't ever know who they are and they don't ever make it known who they are so um hopefully i can you know be be that mentor that other people need in in the in the academia space have you been doing any mentoring um recently or over the last couple of years oh um i have i only had the opportunity to mentor one person one undergrad uh at howard who was uh, in my um who was doing a little bit of work for me in the lab so um which love the kid. He actually got into powerlifting too. Uh, he, he was just like, was like, yo, this is cool. I want to do this. And he used to uh, play. Yeah, he used to play on the football team. And then he, uh, you know, he he's going to med school now. So he went. Uh, he got he got a couple med school offers, and then he got a couple more interviews. And I'm just like, hey, that's what's up. So you know, happy little happy mentor. Um, proud of my mentee. But um, haven't been able to do much more mentorship, you know, since COVID hit. Uh, hoping to, and that that's really the next step I think of my of, of this brand is to really do more outreach, do more mentorship, because um, I, I feel like there, there's not you, you have to find it's not it's not readily available. Uh, the people who want you know knowing who want to be mentors, you know, knowing knowing people is like oh well. I was like, yo, you're cool, but you don't ever, you don't want to be a mentor to anybody. I was like, well, you know, there's no point of me trying to be, you know, trying to be your mentee if you don't want to be a mentor to me. So um, I'm hoping to try to bring together a database of like people who really want to mentor uh, other people of color, you know, because they, I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like white people can go out, and, you know, step out their doors and be like. 
it's like I need a mentor, and then there's like ten different people <laughs> knocking on their door <laughs> and saying, "Say, hey, yo, yeah, I, oh, shoot, I mentor you, I mentor you too, yeah, cool." So, right. but it, it's not it's not the same for uh for black scientists, you know, like you can't just step out the door and be like, "Hey, uh, you wanna?" No, okay, my bad. I <laughs> thought you you wanted to mentor me. That's cool. No, so you know it, it it's hard. It's hard. So um. Yeah you know, bring together people who actually are, who want to mentor, who are dedicated to mentorship, who enjoy it and really want to help the next generation of uh, black and brown kids become scientists because, you know, without that mentorship, a lot of them just drop out. A lot of them just like, you know what, this, this shit isn't worth it. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about that because I know you mentioned that you were able to get done with your dissertation research, you know, within like, I think you said four years. Um, which is pretty pretty quick, I think. Uh, for I, I know, like a couple of people would say, like, you know, it took me five, six, seven, you know, yeah. years to do some stuff. So, um, how are you able to be self disciplined? And and do you think, you know, obviously, I'm assuming your powerlifting kind of helped you maintain a regimen, or how did you approach that? So I I think I've always been so a couple things. Um, and it kind of uh, uh, alludes to this. So um, I've always, I don't know if you guys, have you ever seen the show Everybody Hates Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Julius, uh, <laughs> Julius and his money. So that, uh, I, I compare that to my father. So my father is like really strict about money and he always has been growing up and I kind of inherited that. So um, I'm really regimented about my, my, my finances and it has just kind of carried over to life. So I became really regimented in my time because, you know, time is money, time is everything. And so uh, there's these blocks of time that I, you know, that I put out and, you know, you put in, and the thing is the the mindset is like powerlifting is, is second. It always comes second to, to my degree. So like whatever I need to do for my degree, it has to get done first and then I can go to the gym. And a good thing my gym was 24 hours, so like I could go anytime, so it's fine. Um, and I usually go in the middle of the day because barely anybody there, and then it's a good break up to my day. But um, what what I did was um, I put my science above anything else. Like, yes, you know, you you have uh, those connections, that community of people, um, which is nice, but like it's only nice until it's like, oh shit, six years now. And you're, you're only halfway done with your project. And I'm like, well, you know, what the fuck? So, and it was always funny because my, uh, my advisor, he, he always thought things took longer than what it did. And I'm like, ah, no, no, no. I was like, yo, I'll, I'll be in that. Like I did a lot of uh, microscopy work. So I was like, yo, I'll be in that microscope room as long as I need to until I get the product, you know, until I get the result. So, right. There, there was no way um, that I was going to let anything kind of get in the way of that. So uh, it's all about having your priorities straight. Uh, be be regimented. Be like you got to. And I think the biggest thing what, what people uh, you got to say no. You got to say no to people. I said no a lot. I said no a lot to people. It was just like <laughs> yo. It's like yo, hey man, you want to? I was like ah, I can't do it. Like I'm not I'm not a drinker or a smoker or anything like that. So like it it, it helped in that case. But um, I'm just like, nah, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. I got, I got stuff to do. And I mean, too, the same thing goes along with dating. Like, you know, you, you, <laughs> you're some girl that you're dating. Uh, they say, they was like, oh, let's do this. Like, I, prime example, I was living in Atlanta. I was dating this girl who went to Georgia Tech. And like, she was a PhD student in analytical chem. And she, it, like, it was in the middle of the day. She was like, hey, let's hang out. And I'm like, hey, I'm, like, in the middle of these experiments, man. Like, what, what do you mean, let's hang out? Like, shouldn't <laughs> you be doing work, too? So, <laughs> shouldn't you, should, don't you got stuff to do? Because I know I do. I know my work. <laughs> the job isn't done for me. <laughs> so, I think it's big. Uh, you you got to know. Um, you got to kind of be you got to be selfish with your time, but selfish with your, your, your scientific time. Because if you, if you don't get that, those things done and you're lackadaisical with it, yeah, you can come in early and not do any work. 
you know, you, you, you got, I've seen people come in early and do zero work. So like, what were you coming in early for? You got to come in, you got to be proactive, you got to do the work. Uh, I think uh, people expect PhD students to just be lazy. And I'm just like, no, nah, man, like if, if, if I'm allowed and given the freedom to uh, troubleshoot any of the experiments that I do, then I'm going to troubleshoot, get it done. So I'm not spending months troubleshooting because I want to only spend an hour a day troubleshooting. No, like I'm going to spend this whole day troubleshooting this experiment, figuring out what the problem is, going through each and every single control, understanding what the issue is. And then I figure out the issue, then boom, the next day or the next week, we can get rolling again. So it's all about, you know, just being mindful of what you're doing with your time. You just said um, something that I I wish I would have known the importance of like being proactive and self advocacy early on in grad school because um, I won't get into it here um, but yeah um, I've had some problems with uh, past advisors and uh, yeah self advocacy and being proactive is really important I'm still kind of figuring it out now so I can imagine. Um, You've, you're done now, and I can imagine, like, you know, some of those struggles that you might have had to do, and yeah, that, that is one thing that I would tell any incoming graduate students, like, self-advocacy and being proactive, and because it's, it's very easy in grad school, I'd say, to just fall behind and just, you know, just kind of go along with the motions, and next thing you know, you're like, like you said, like, you're three years, and you're like, whoa, I haven't done anything, it's like, you got to do some stuff. You got to get that degree. What you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, yo, I've seen. Oh man, like um, after leaving Georgia State, like I was in the lab where, um, you know, obviously you, usually when you get up to these uh, spaces, you're the only black person in the space anyway. Um, and I had this uh, counterpart who, uh, you know, said some racist things to me as well. But, you know, uh, I won't go into that. But she, um, it's, it was funny because it's like, yo, I, I left there. I've left there with my master's degree because I, I kind of, you know, it was like, yo, you either we take this to court. Or, yeah, you, you give me my master's degree and then let me leave. So, um, so I spent two years there and then ended up spending four years uh, elsewhere, but still got my, <laughs> still got my PhD before her, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it's always, it's always crazy because, you know, I will, I will always see her, um, just on, just on, on her computer shopping, just on Amazon shop. I was like, yo, what, am I the only one working? Because I feel like everybody's on Facebook shopping, chilling, and I'm sitting here like, just, ah, pipettes, let's go. Like, never at my desk, just always working. I'm just like, what, what are we doing here? So yeah, you're right, man. You, you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta be mindful of your time. You gotta it be just, mindful of your time. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that also just goes to show you that like, that, um, you know, that motto, like sometimes you gotta work, you know, as a white person, you gotta work twice as hard sometimes just to get into them. And the fact that you finished before her says a lot too, like you knew like right there and it's like, Hey, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be done. And, you know, you just got the work. I mean, I, and uh, considering the, how much work, because my, my committee even said, it was like, yo, this is, this is a lot of work. This, this is a large body of work. And I'm like, well, yeah, uh, because if I didn't do this large body of work, y'all, y'all be like, ah, I feel like you didn't do enough. I'm just like, right. <laughs> you, you ain't getting me. <laughs> you, you're not getting me. I made, <laughs> I made sure that the, I made sure that the story was complete. That's, right. that was my big thing. I was like, yo, I could have, I could have probably got, cause usually people's like, oh, you get one paper. Like that's, that's enough. And I'm just like, yo, that, that wasn't enough for me. Forget that. So like I had three different stories that uh, will be turned into papers. One that's already turned into a paper but like three different stories that will be turned into papers and uh, kind of encompass this body of work that could have been given to three different grad students at a different university. So no, uh, I wasn't, I, I was taking zero chances because if I wouldn't have got that done, they would have kept me there for a longer period of time. So no, no, I wasn't, I, I had, I had a goal in mind. I set, I set this goal for myself. I even set, 
I actually set the goal for four years. I wanted three. I could have done three, but uh, I set the goal for four years because I I knew I already did the I, I did two years at Georgia State, and uh, I had I had two first author papers within the two years that I that I was there, um, and I already had a large body of work there, and it like being being blackballed from the university. Uh, or from the department really screwed me because I was I was on my way to getting my PhD in four years there, so uh, or less. So it really, really, really screwed me. But but you know uh, I had to go somewhere else and I had to grind the same way. The the grind could not stop. There was no way. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, I'm proud to you for you know dealing with those. Some sure super challenging moments, and also it sounds like just believing your racist in some cases. So I mean, one congrats. Uh, um, so you know, one thing we say here at these scientists, these scientists, and that um, as well, we started this podcast because we wanted to let other people know that, that even though there are challenges, that anyone can be a scientist. So I'm just wondering if you have any. Kind of like final points that you want to like encourage to some of our listeners like that you could be a scientist i mean there's a lot of things i gotta say but uh i mean there's i mean anybody can be a scientist say it all but uh you know any anybody can be a scientist really like i, I just feel um what's so important well I, I know what my parents told me i know my dad wanted me, me to be a physician but my brother is a physician, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's one of those things where, man, you you can do whatever you want to do. You can be wherever you want to be. I mean, I was a D1 athlete. You, you can still be athletic. You can still be smart. Smartness isn't like, like, I know growing up, uh, there, there was no one, uh, man. I, I don't, so, dudes in the, dudes in the street were you know <laughs> up here you know what i'm saying like me as a nerd right. i'm down here but I'm, I'm still i'm still that strong nerd that like plays sports and all this other stuff but it's like nobody could put me in a real category and i'm like, just like yo i'm just just on my own island like a shock nerd i guess maybe if that makes uh, sense uh, yeah 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 but uh, but you know you that, that that stuff doesn't last too long not everybody can be an athlete but I mean, we can have so many different sciences. We can have sciences all over the place doing so many different things. And people's like, oh, you're not making as much money. I'm just like, you just gotta be good with your money. You just gotta be good. Like there's athletes, man, there, there's athletes who go broke. They make millions and go broke. And I know, I know scientists who have made a fraction of what they've made, of what athletes made and still uh, live a way better uh, quality of life. You know, so I think it's all about mindset. So, you know, if I get that um, science is hard, it's difficult, you know, every, you know, what, what in life isn't, especially if, you, if you're really passionate about it. But um, I think what really needs to be done is we need more uh, black scientists getting out there, showing other, you know, young kids like, hey, look, man, science, is, science could be your way out. I know science is my way out. Science could be your way out, you know? Um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be athletics. It doesn't have to be music. It doesn't have to be any of these things, but it could be, could be something that you actually get your education in. And like, I know people's like, work, especially dudes, dudes are worried about this. Black, uh, young black, young black men are worried about, oh man, that's not cool. Women ain't gonna like me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, brother, let me tell you, that's not true. <laughs> that's not like, um. The, the, don't don't believe don't don't believe the hype man that that's not true man I, let me tell you i like you 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 can uh, at some point like especially if you stay stay fit in the gym you you'll have women throw yourself throwing themselves at you like trust me like it, it, it it's not uh like the these stereotypes just aren't true so i mean when, once you get in it um especially the people who are in like undergrad grad school i always uh live by this motto I live by the model so much that it's tatted on my back. Uh, <laughs> to be successful is to be relentless. 
Like, so you, you always got to be in a relentless pursuit of success, man. You, you got you to gotta push. You got to break down that brick wall. There's going to be brick walls all along the way <laughs> towards, you know, your, your final goal or whatever your goal is. And then once you get to that goal, there's going to be more brick walls going to, to your next goal. But you, you got to keep tripping away at them. You got to keep taking that sledgehammer and banging down those walls because, you know, everyone is expecting you to fail. And so you, you got to show them otherwise. That's some really good advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know, if Jordan, Jordan, if you had any other questions, but uh, I just want to make sure the people know where to find you because you're so inspiring, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, my scientists who live, scientists with an S is plural, scientists who live, um, that's on IG, uh, Facebook, um, it's actually, I couldn't get scientists who live on Twitter for some odd reason because it was too long. Uh, but so it's just scientists live. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure if you type in scientists who live, it, I'll come up. Um, the, the only person on IG with the name, so it's fine. Uh, so yeah, just uh, find me there. I'm tweeting about different stuff. I'm posting about different, you know, me in the gym, in the lab, uh, cooking because I got money to cook now. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> I got money. Yo, I got money to cook. Woo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can find me there, man. And then um, I'm planning on uh, starting up my YouTube page back again, uh, Scientists Who Live on, on YouTube. So um, just to talk about, because I, I kind of ended my, uh, my Confessions of a Black Scientist, that journey um, in the middle of uh, getting my PhD at Howard. And so, you know, I get, I got to finish the story. That's amazing. You got merchandise too. And I'm definitely, I'm going to start rocking a scientist who lives shirts at the gym, man. I'm going to go tell them nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we, so the plan is to uh, roll out some more, some more merch uh, bags. Uh, I was going to make some deadlift socks. Uh, you know, we got to, got to rock the deadlift socks. Um, uh, more, the more popular t-shirts, uh, the, the daily life one, science, workout, eat, sleep, repeat. You know, that that's just life. Uh, and, right. and, you know, so, yeah, so it's just going to uh, roll out some more merch here soon. Um, it's just been harder because, you know, especially if you have overseas um, suppliers, it's hard to get stuff over now. But, yeah, but soon, hopefully soon, I can get stuff rolled out again. Well. We appreciate it, man. This was a great interview. I'm 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 happy I got to meet you because I've been seeing you on social media. I'm like, man, that dude, he's going. He got some stuff going on. We need to talk to him. So I appreciate it. Oh yeah, man. No problem. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Man. And that is it for us. Thanks again to Dominique Stevens for joining us. Please follow scientists who listen on social media. We have put the links in the show notes. And thank you, listener, for continuing to listen to us. And again. Sorry for the audio problems we've been having during the interviews. If you have any suggestions on how to improve the show, please feel free to email the Black Science Coalition Institute or BSI and contact us at thebsi.org or contact us on social media. Special thanks to Michael Mycaster Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. Intro and outro beat produced by Della Rillo and lyrics are by Ed Gunna. If you would like to donate to BSI, visit us on bsi.org or donate to us at paypal.me backslash the bsi. Once again, thanks for listening, and don't forget to be scientists.